Welcome back to the Every Effort Podcast. Today is a super exciting episode because we have our very second guest on the podcast. And this is someone that we have never met in person, personally, but we have gotten to know and have followed and love their content. And we just wanted to learn more about their story, where God has brought them. And my name is Jocelyn. And my name is Matt. And uh, we're just a couple of young married adults figuring life out together. And so one of the great ways to do that is to bring other people in who know a little bit more about life than we do. <laughs> um, so our guest is Jamie. Nice to, nice to have you here. Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic that you'll we'll be sharing in a minute. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we've gotten a little, gotten to know you a little bit uh, within our last conversation and just seeing what you post on Instagram on your page. For those who are listening, her handle is, if you want to share your, your handle and kind of what your foundation is for your Instagram. Yeah, so my Instagram is Hope and the Girl, no dashes or spaces or anything like that. And my purpose in life and on Instagram is to really encourage people and and share hope and also make people feel like they're not alone because I think we're all dealing with things in life and sometimes it can feel so isolating, but that's just not true. So being able to share openly and not put up a facade like I feel like I did for so many years of my life is so important to me. Yeah. And I think that's why we were so excited to have you on is like one of our biggest missions is to help young adults with all the things you're struggling with. And I know some of the things that you mentioned are really important to you dealing with ED, with anxiety, these difficulties, like I've watched some of your content and seen like comparison and idolatry and like all these things that we really struggle, I think as young adults, um, it's so important. So I'm really excited to have you. I think it's a really good mission with what we're trying to do. And I think what really came through as we've talked is just what a big heart you have for genuinely helping people. So we're really excited to, to have this and thank you for jumping through the virtual hurdles to make this happen. Thank you. Yeah, excited to follow y'all too. I, I love, you know, what you're doing with the podcast and your mission behind it as well. So I think it's just great to um, hear what you love to share and how you want to help with Gen Z and just anyone who's listening. Yeah. And for those who don't know, ED is eating disorder. And so this is, this seems to get um, a reputation for only applying to women. And that's not true at all. There are so many principles about it that I think every human experiences. So I'm sure we'll get into that and into this conversation because it's such a huge part of, of your life and just how much you've overcome in life. So yeah, share a little bit about um, just like what you do for work and like who you are as a person. Yeah. So I already said I'm Jamie Muller. I am 40 years old. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee with my husband and our old English bulldog named Gus. And we just became Airbnb hosts for the first time. Oh, awesome. So that's wow. been a wild, wild adventure. And um, I love Jesus. I love drawing, travel, writing. And we have a, two motorcycles, so we love riding in the mountains. I don't personally have my license. Um, I'm just <laughs> like riding on the back. Um, for work, I am a brand manager of an outdoor kitchen company. Very unique job. I work remotely, and my job covers 
managing a social media team, managing partnerships with other brands and influencers, and managing our product placements on TV shows like HGTV, for example, and then general brand management and a little bit of PR. Wow, wow there's a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> it sounds busy and fun <laughs> of a life. Good mix of both. You just never know what's going to come up one day to the next. One day I could be completely working in one area and then the, the next day it's something comes up in, and I'm focused on something completely different or one day it can be like 20 different things. <laughs> so, right, yeah. right. It's fun. It keeps, it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so fitting, I think, with today's topic because we did want to get into like those kind of transitions in life that people go through, whether they expect it or they don't expect it um but the ways that god can move us in our faith and physically as well in ways that we don't know and so it's it's always amazing to hear stories of people who've gone through that and have seen the outcome because we're currently going through a lot of transitions in our life but we we don't see like the other end of that so what has happened in your life specifically where god has called you to move say geographically well, a couple of ways. Um, number one, geographically, it was more temporary. But when I, I recovered from my eating disorder, I needed to figure out who I was again. I really like the eating disorder had consumed me so much that I didn't really know how to live without it or what my life would look like. So the first way I think God allowed me to move geographically is I, like I said, I love to travel and I was able to travel solo um, internationally multiple times, actually seven times um, in my single years. And it actually, it really helped me to figure out what do I like to do? What, you know, where do I want to go? How do I navigate these challenges on my own in a different country? And it was very freeing and it helped my recovery, but also just helped me to find myself again. And so that, that was one geographic way that I know God, God gave me that passion to travel. And I think being allowed to have the means to do that and the, you know, the remote job to do that and all of that. I know those were gifts from God who who just said, you know, this is something I'm blessing you with. And I would give every trip to him, but also just knowing that it felt like he was there with me. He was the mm. only one there with me because I was alone. And it was it was really a, a time when I could get closer to God and also enjoy enjoy traveling. And I think there's room for for both and God wants us to use our passions. So that was that was my first I think geographical situation where I felt God was really moving in my life and, and giving me this space to do that. And it was, it's not something I'm doing now. I'm married. And um, so travel looks a little different, especially after COVID, but it was like three years of my life that I will always cherish. That's so good. I, I feel like looking at it geographically is so interesting because it's such a physical representation of God moving you somewhere, God calling you somewhere. And I can think of so many like stages of life that we go through where we might not even acknowledge that change is happening. But I think when we're able to see it geographically, like it's a very clear cut. And I think that helps with that. But one of the questions I feel like we get a lot, and I've definitely struggled with too, is how do you know when God is calling you somewhere? Mm -hmm. Like, was there some sign or was there some assurance as you were going through that journey that felt like this was right or this was God's calling at that time? Yeah, it was uh, in terms of that travel. And I know I have another story of the geographic move, but in this particular case with the international travel, it was interesting because, like I said, I'd had this passion to travel and I had recently not only recovered from my eating disorder, but I also broke up with my boyfriend, kind of a toxic relationship. He was not a believer and it was just not a good situation. So I was living on my own as well. And I 
started, I randomly came across this email newsletter with like, cheap flight deals. And I thought, if I'm going to ever see what it's like to travel solo, now is my chance. This <laughs> yeah. flight to Paris came up. That was my dream trip since I was a little girl. And I thought, why not just do a quick weekend? If I hate solo travel, I don't have to do it again. Right. And so, but anyway, I, I guess answering your question about God being in it, I, I felt like knowing it was him, it was one of those situations where he did not, there was not loud light, music, lights, noise, like nothing was saying, go on this trip to Paris. But I, things were just aligning mm-hmm. and I just kept praying about it. I kept giving it to God. And one of the things I, I did on all of my trips was, after I booked everything, I, I would say, you know, if there's any reason that I'm not supposed to go, you know, don't don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go. You don't want me to go. And there were actually a few trips that I had booked in those years that didn't end up happening. And so I instead of getting mad or upset or, you know, I can't believe I don't get to go to this place. I just took it as I know God doesn't want me to go or it's not the right time. And mm-hmm. and so that was really freeing too to just give it to him and to just trust that he would he would let me know if it if I was not going in the right path. So I think that's mm-hmm. part of hearing God's voice is is if I think, well, this is not a sin. I'm not doing anything um, that I sh- don't feel like I should be doing. And so being able to step forward into that. And then if God says, no, this isn't your time. No, this is not for you. I believe that he'll close the door. And then I just have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's kind of this uh, dynamic that we have in our relationship with God, where it's like we have this freedom to make the decisions that we want to in our life. And I've definitely prayed that prayer before too, of like, God, if this is not for me, then do something about it. Cause I can be pretty like headstrong when I set my mind to something and it's so easy to justify like, Oh, well, no, that's probably not the sign that God is telling me to not do this thing. Like I could, I could skirt around that somehow. So did you have to do that with yourself as well? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely some times where I, you know, I've definitely gotten a little bit frustrated in the moment about something not going the way I planned it to, especially with travel, but then realizing, you know, sometimes you just have those moments and then you just have to have a heart check. And that's also something I think it just, it becomes a quicker reflex the, the older you get. Mm-hmm. Like, since, you know, I'm, like I said, now 40. So it's not something that I was able to do when I was younger so much. And now after seeing God be so faithful in so many areas of my life, as I've grown, it's a little bit easier and, and it doesn't take as long for me to snap out of it and say, wait a minute, you know that God is so faithful, that he's always been there for you, that he's always steered you in the right direction. He has the best plans. You know, I'm going back to the Bible, going back to the promises of God, going back to the truth and and just, again, getting into that reflex of, of the truth and replacing the lies with truth. So that yeah. would be my advice. Yeah. That's trying to recognize when you when you do that and knowing that, gosh, I can still go my own way. I still have the choice. <laughs> to do this and step forward in this, but is that really going to result in the best for me? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually kind of encouraging to hear that it is like a muscle that you build and you do get better at identifying like your own habits and weaknesses and you can easily or more easily set up like a way to work around that. So you don't fall into making a bad decision I like that. I, I feel like that's something that we don't always focus on in our walk with God is also the self-reflection, like not just learning who God is, but also learning who I am. Because if I know what my tendencies are or what 
I, as like my flesh and bone want to do, now I can recognize what is mine and what is God's. I, I think that's like a really good point about taking the time to recognize your patterns and see where those muscles have moved. Yeah. So yeah. God that's- has like moved you to a lot of places, a lot of exciting places. Is there like one major thing that's happened in your life that God has moved you to? Yeah. And going back to what you just said, Matt, about kind of recognizing yourself, I think that's another way of knowing that God is speaking. And this example I'm about to share was more, it was almost audible to me. I felt God speaking. Um, I was living in Florida. I grew up in Michigan, but I lived in Florida for five years. And that's where God really worked on my heart. And that's also where I lived when I was traveling. And so I was single, living alone. And one of my sisters who lived in Michigan was about to move to Knoxville, Tennessee with her husband. And she was not thrilled about the move, really didn't want to leave the rest of my family and her friends. And But it was something they, they, they had to make the move. And so I had this remote job and I said, you know, I can come visit you anytime. I can work from your house. It'll be fine. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. And so I, you know, was praying for her. I was praying with her. And one night I remember I was folding my laundry and praying for her. And it, it almost felt audible of just like move to Knoxville. And the reason why I was so quick to think like God is at you is because that was not a thought that I would have ever had myself. So that's mm-hmm. part of going back to like knowing yourself. And I knew that was not a desire of mine. I loved living in Florida. I loved my, my condo. I loved my job. I loved my church there, my friends. I felt like I would stay in Florida forever. Like it wasn't ever a thought in my mind to move. And so that was my first indication that it was possibly God because I thought this is a, such a foreign thought in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. It's not something I would naturally think. So after praying about it and talking to my family about it and kind of going back to what I said before of I didn't feel like there were any barriers to doing it. And I felt like I just needed to step forward and and say yes. And then if there was a reason why God was actually not asking me to do that, that he would close the door. Or, you know, I think there are some times in life too where he may just be testing you like Abraham in the Bible. And mm-hmm. you just don't know if that's part, maybe that was the goal of just, are you willing, you know? Yeah. And so I just to say yes and everything just continued to fall into place for me to move after my lease was over so I ended up moving to Knoxville and actually living with my sister and brother-in-law for a couple months they they I only say a couple months because of the next part but um they it was great it was great to be back with my sister again and I really thought okay god this is the blessing like you just wanted me to be back with my family I'd been away from my family for 5 years and and so and my sister and I've always been pretty close so it was just such a treat to be really close to her again. Mm-hmm. And then five months after I moved to Knoxville, I met a guy who's now my husband. <laughs> so <Yay. laughs> that was just not expected at all. And then the irony behind all of it is that last year, my sister and brother-in-law moved to Michigan. So it was not that I want to say they only moved for me to meet my husband, but it's just, <laughs> it's just how, God works, how God works like that, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah. That's amazing. I, in a way, I feel like I have a similar story with how I met Matt, where like COVID had happened. I was deciding where to move. I didn't have like close friends in the area at the time that I knew were sticking around. And so for me to move, I mean, it was only a couple miles south of where I had been living. But during COVID, that's 
I think a big deal and in LA it's a big deal because there's so many smaller communities and if I hadn't have made that moved I wouldn't have gone to the church that I that I went to to meet Matt and so that was a hard time to start out with I remember it was like starting a new job moving to a new place having to make new friends when it was so difficult to do so um and then within a couple of months meeting Matt and then a couple of years marrying Matt it's like full circle seeing that story pan out was like wow maybe it was worth it to suffer a little bit at the beginning <laughs> yeah it's so hard to see it in the moment where you know where things are going to go and whether that is some suffering or whether that is um, just, just unknowns, you know, it is, it's hard, but, um, it's, I love, I love looking back and seeing, wow, God was clearly moving in this situation. And I think that's, that's what makes me want to say yes so much more now is when like, you know, your example of like looking back and you're like, wow, he was so faithful there. He, he wanted the best for me and he orchestrated all of it. And so then like the next time something big happens, I feel like that's where you're starting to work on that muscle of, remember when that happened before okay like keep that in mind when you're you know kind of saying yes to the next thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah I really like that and I feel like that's something that my eyes have been open to more recently and that's why I enjoy your story so much beyond just that it was an amazing and thoughtful thing to do for your sister but there's this idea where I can get so tunnel visioned into my walk with God that I don't see how the things that are happening might be affecting others like I think it's easy to look at maybe our spouse or like someone who's very close but you know, reading the Bible, there are so many times where people do things that don't make sense and it has very little impact on them, but it's exactly what God intended for someone else. You know, when there's something that you have no idea why it doesn't make sense, you might not even see the fruit of that, but it's what God has planned for someone else, whether it's saying a piece of encouragement or sharing something like it. I think there are those calls that we can't always see, but I think if we can see how God worked in our life through those random interactions, then we can start to see how those relate to so many other stories beyond just our little, you know, scope of the world. Right. That's so true. I think that goes into like a whole other discussion of like when God calls us to move and we never see a benefit out of it, right? Is it worth it? Like, how do we know it's worth it? We don't hmm. get those answers, but there could be so much more to it, like you said, that we don't see until God explains it to us in heaven. Yeah, that's deep because we don't always get to see the fruits of our labor. And, and even in my case, if, you know, if I hadn't met my husband when I moved to Knoxville, you know, it still helped my sister. If that was all that happened, that's still a lot. And, and just being there for her and having our bond grow stronger in that time that we had together. So I still, yeah, it, God did more above and beyond what I imagined, but it's still, it could have been something that I didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you would have told yourself at that time that you were making the move or deciding to make the move that would have helped you? Um, that's a tough question. I would say no in the sense that I strive to live without any type of regret or anything, you know, wishing, going back and wishing I did something different because I know everything that's happened in my life up until this point has led me exactly where I am. So if I change anything, I'm like, well, right. would that change what I have now. So I don't know. But then I also, and I also think, you know, uh, Romans, what is it? 8, 28 says for those who love God, you know, God works all things together. Good. And, and so I think overall, even if there were some things that I would have maybe 
done differently. I think God knew my heart in the moment and that I was trying to do what he wanted me to do and, and just kind of work that out the way it was supposed to. But I also think that what I would have probably done differently and not to say that I didn't do this was even pray like more and even lean into God more because I think that overall over the course of my life so far that I'm still always too focused on my own plan. So I think, you know, I, I'm a planner. So even getting to Knoxville, I was like, okay, within the first week, I had like my new driver's license. I had all, all <laughs> my stuff changed over to a new state. And, and not to say that's wrong, but I think my brain immediately goes into planning mode when I know something's going to happen. And then, and I think it, there could be times where I'm missing maybe more of the small messages that God's sending me because I'm so focused on what do I have to do? What's my to-do list? And so I think that would be the only thing, not to say that I would, again, I don't like to think I would change something, but I think overall that's just something I'm still learning as I continue to grow is hold loosely to any of the plans that you have, even if they're, they seem small and they seem as they're part of you saying yes to God, just still give him room to always move. I really like that. I feel like that's something that I can fall into too, is like relying on my own vision. And I think your story really brings up this verse that's been on my heart. And I feel like I've seen it everywhere the past few weeks, which is uh, Isaiah 43, 19. Now it springs up. Uh, Do not perceive it. I'm doing a new thing. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And to you, Knoxville looks like this scary new place where you have no idea. And, you know, we can't see it through our vision, but God has this path carved out for you to make connections for you to find this husband. Like, I think it's so easy for us to look at things from our perspective and see all of the fear. And I think that's where it comes into these stories of, you know, people often say like, oh, God works when you least expect it. And I think that's just Mm -hmm. because we see things from our perspective and we just don't have the ability to comprehend that something that looks so unknown and so, so scary, whether it's Knoxville for you or like the promised land in the Old Testament, like things that look so mm-hmm. scary and fearful. God has this great plan for us, but it takes that first step of faith to get there. That's a great way of looking at it. I think just remember our pastor is talking about the promised land right now. So that was like a reference that really hit home in the moment. But yeah, overall, it's absolutely true. That's I've never really thought about it like that. But when we think like he works we least expect it. And like, he's probably just given us signs the whole time. And like, you missed it, but I'm still, I'm still doing it for you. So it's, I think that yeah, I've been trying to learn lately to just, you know, be still and rest and kind of um, give him the time to, to show the signs and make sure I'm not missing anything. Cause I know, I know there's so many things that I have missed and I'm so thankful that he still, you know, gives us grace in those moments and says, all right, well, you're not going to miss this one. (laughs) So we'll keep going. Yeah. Going off of the whole planning aspect, I I am a planner as well, but not as much as as Matt is. But with uh, the message that we heard at our church this past Sunday, they talked about not worshiping the promises, but making sure that you're worshiping the promiser, which is God. And so the promises. I thought that was such an interesting way of phrasing it because we can feel like God has spoken a certain outcome for our lives and we don't really think about the fact that God can still change that even as you are pursuing it or think that that's what God wants for you. You're like, oh yeah, God is moving me into this next step. That must mean that in 10 years, I'm going to be the CEO of that company. And it's like, no, God could change that. And like, at that point, you could be worshiping the promises. And you're just trying to fulfill this dream and and telling yourself, 
over and over again. This is what I heard. This is what I understood. It can't be any different. But that's not what a relationship is. It's like if I were to marry Matt and was like, well, till death do us part, I'll see you on your deathbed. And it's like, there's nothing in between. <laughs> there's no relationship there. Yeah, I love that. That sounds like a really powerful message that I would love to hear. So I, I've never heard a pastor say it that way either. And it's, it, I feel like that's probably really easy to do. And I'm like thinking mm-hmm. back and I'm like, gosh, I know I've done that, you know, and, and without even realizing it, because you do, you think that you are, you're worshiping the promiser because of what he promised, but there is, it's so easy to, yeah, really think, oh, okay, well, this is, this is the way my life's going to look and this is the plan. And so we're just going toward the plan and, and yeah, worshiping kind of like the end goal right? Mm-hmm. of what you think you're going to receive. And that's just, that is, it's missing the point, the big picture. Yeah, I think that was a big change in like my daily gratitude time was I heard this idea that we shouldn't just thank God for what he's given us, but for who God is. And I can remember thinking like, what in the world does that mean? I I don't even know where to start. So I'd say, okay, thank thank you for being love. I, I can remember that one from the Bible. And then the more I looked into it, like God is so many things that are so good to us and they aren't just his like material promises to us. But I think if we can like open the scope of what we have to just these things that we kind of accept as fact or take for granted and like really be renewed in like gratitude and in the faithfulness that we see, it goes so far beyond the individual promises. And I think that that's why it's such a great point is there's so much more than just the kind of the worldly things that we look at. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people I think that really strive and try to look for promises and there's nothing wrong with that, but at the very, you know, foundational level, like we all have the promise that God is going to be with us no matter where we go. And I think that's one of the most powerful ones in the Bible. But yeah, I think sometimes people and what I've noticed and what I've done is we can get lost looking for something specific and specific and even more specific. And it's like, well, maybe at that point, it's better for us to just relinquish what we want in that instance, trying to use that as an opportunity to find contentment Mm. with where we are right now. And that is super hard, like way harder to do than to say, but those kind of situations where you feel stuck really are opportunities to grow in your patience for whatever God has. And I would hope and just have trust at some point that God will speak something into like my life or someone else's life and that there can be more specifics. But I think sometimes God allows those periods where like you don't know like what to do. And that is, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. And that's something I, I've had to tell myself recent, recently. It's like, it's not my fault. This is just like a season of like nothing, you know, <laughs> it's just waiting. Yeah. where I love going to the Psalms when I feel like, is this the emotion I'm supposed to have or God? I don't, you know, and I, you think like David was so honest with God. He just said, I don't know what you're doing right now. Like, I don't like this very much, but he never, you know, he just kept on just trusting. And, and I love that God, you know, put that in the Bible so that when we're reading it, it's like, okay, look at how David talked to God and how it was really like a, a conversation. And, and he didn't always love what was happening and he was in some of you look at David's life and there were a lot of things he went through with Saul and and everything where you're like why he's gonna be the king you know why is he going through this now and there was all a plan for it or maybe it was just for him to draw closer to God because he really knew he needed God and he had no one else 
and, and getting us sometimes to that, that, you know, bare bones situation of, mm-hmm. and not, not that everyone's going to have to go through it to that level, but I think there are times when if we never have a bad day, then we're not going to learn very much. And God just like, yeah, tell me how you feel. You know, you come at me with whatever you're feeling and we'll talk about it. Yeah. If someone were going through the same kind of decisions that you were faced with in these moves, um, how would you encourage that person? I would definitely encourage with, you know, pray about it as much as you can and try to take yourself out of it as much as you can so that you you know it's not your own opinion or your own desire. And then add the godly counsel. I mean, for me, it was obviously talking to my family when I moved to Knoxville and, you know, gauging their decision. But I also told church friends. I told other people I really trusted, even as I was still kind of making the decisions and making the, um, you know, knowing how this was all going to work out. And and in doing that, I mean, there was even even the people who I was friends with in Florida who, you know, they're, you know, they could easily say, well, you know, like, I don't want you to move. Like, I, you know, I, why are you doing this? And no one ever, to me, no one ever questioned, like, they were like, this sounds like what you need to do. But there could be a situation where you bring those other people in and maybe they do have a, an insight that you don't have and, and just helping you kind of discern better. Is this really... God speaking, is this really just something I want? And and just the more you can bring those people in that you really trust, not just anyone, but people who you know are going to not they're not gonna tell you a lie. They're gonna they're gonna give you the truth. And I think that makes a big difference. And I know that's not always easy, and especially for me, I am very independent by nature. And so I don't always just even think I need help or I need that extra voice other than God. And I think that just being open to that and being a little bit vulnerable and going into it with an open mind of, well, whatever, you know, whatever these people say, they're not God, but at the same time, I still should consider what they're saying if I trust them. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Anything you would say to, let's say, Matt, Matt Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, I really like that advice. I think this idea of having like kind of a, a wise counsel that you can go to is is a really great support. Um, and I also think that there is just, you know, I think we hear it all the time, but going to many different sources where we can hear the word, like I've had days where I've read my Bible every day and it feels like I should be getting something and I'm not. But if I talk to a Christian friend or I listen to a sermon or I hear a podcast or I just watch like a short video, I think there are so many places where we can see and we can hear God move and hear um, wisdom or hear just some, get some of that discernment that we're talking about. I feel like having different places to go can really help because some days it'll come through reading the word. Sometimes it'll come through just a worship song or a sermon. Like I think there's so many places. And I think if we surround ourselves with worship on Sunday and a church community and a daily Bible study and these people you trust, like once you have that network and that community, I think that's where you can really pull from all these different places when you aren't sure when you have these questions. Yeah. People is power. Obviously, yes. The word is huge. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying people is power. Like, I definitely Mm. agree with that. And I'd add, you know, if you're listening and you're going through a tough time, you should follow Jamie because she posts a lot of hopeful hopeful content. And um, it's she's just so real, too. She's not your typical influencer. So um, (laughs) I totally encourage you guys to do that. And Jamie, I believe you have a verse 
that you brought to share with us and also let us know how we can connect with you outside of the podcast. Yeah, I do. My go-to verse is Mark 9:24, which is it's actually the end of the verse. So to set it up, it's um the story of um a man who has a demon possessed son and he's coming to Jesus to heal his son and get the demon out and he he says Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And to me, that is just such a a real verse, kind of going back to David in the Psalms too. This guy, I mean, he's like, I know that you are able to do this, but there's also this human part of me that's like, how is this going to happen, right? And I think we're all we're all there at some point where you're like, God, I do believe you. Like, I am reading your word. I am praying. I am trusting you. But then I'm also human and I'm going to have these moments where regardless of what I know to be true, there's going to be an attack and I'm going to doubt at some point. So just please help me in those moments, especially. So that's what, that's just like a verse that I just always feel applies almost every single day of my life (laughs) at times. And so that encourages. And then, yeah, my, as I said, my Instagram is hope and the girl. And I also have a blog, which I do share a lot of my blog posts through my Instagram account, but my blog is adventureandthegirl.com, which I started when I was traveling. So I kept the name, even though a lot of my more recent blog posts are less about travel, a little bit about travel, but less and more so about my life lessons that I'm learning. So, uh, but if you like travel, there are still travel, there's travel posts in there and you can always search for them. So a little bit of everything thrown into my blog, but those are the two main sources. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate all the wisdom and you just coming on here and telling your story. I think just, I feel like we've kind of grown up our podcast alongside seeing all of your content. And it's just always so encouraging and so awesome to see how faithful and like genuinely you look after the people who are struggling and with all these things that you're focused on. So thank you so much. It was really great having you on. I appreciate you both. And again, thanks for having me on. And this was such a great conversation. I love, you know, talking to you guys and, and hearing your perspectives on even my own story too. So it's been, it's been really great. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of the every effort podcast. And for everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in today. Please check out all of Jamie's content at hope in the girl and adventure in the girl. And we will see you all next week. Don't forget to rate and review. 